Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas. One thing that Vegas knows is great entertainment. Today, you will meet a power couple that have entertained millions both in front of an audience and behind the scenes as well. Luis Duarte is a famous actress, comedian, impersonator, and voiceover artist. She's toured with Donna Summer. Tim Conway and more, and she joins us today with her husband, Squire Rushnell, who is a former television executive known mostly for Schoolhouse Rock and Good Morning America on ABC. Today, they are involved in the Godwinks Project, which includes a very successful series of books and shows on the Hallmark Channel and Netflix. Your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, is here as well, discussing why Vegas is such a great place to hold a championship fight. And our expert on Vegas real estate, Gady Medrano of Flipping Vegas, joins us to talk about presenting winning offers. You know, sometimes celebrity couples just don't work. I got to tell you, as an interviewer, one time one will become your favorite and the other one, why are they there? Or they start, one person's a dominant factor, they come in. Not these two. I'm really excited to talk to them. I've seen them on before. I've read all their stuff. They're really interesting folks. Louise Duarte, uh, you probably have seen her. She's a famous actress, comedian, impersonator, all that stuff. Done a lot of voiceover work. And Squire Rushnell. Squire is involved with, I know if you're like I was growing up as a kid, you know his stuff, Schoolhouse Rock. But he's the, the two of them have put together this thing, Godwink, that's really seldom does a new word get into, into our language. Language. So I want to talk to him about all of that, but I got to ask you guys, you guys are great together. I'm just thinking, you actually enjoy working together, right? I mean, it sounds like you're having fun. Oh, God. Oh, you know, absolutely. Actually, I think we were just saying today that, uh, you know, we can't stand being apart. So if Squire goes to the store or something, it's, it's like, when are you coming back? <laughs> we, we miss each other so much in the middle of the night. <laughs> That she wakes me up. <laughs> Just to say, I miss you. I'm right next to her. Okay. Well, I, I, I get it. I get it. I gotta tell you. Right. Okay. Well, and I gotta well, we are madly in love. No question about it. That's a good thing. Over no, that's a very years. good thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very good. And I'm thinking, particularly with this pandemic, boy, it can be rough if you're having a hard time getting along. So it's kind of nice where if you're gonna be stuck, you're gonna be stuck with somebody that you enjoy being stuck with. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, just remember, if he gets bored with me, I can just turn into somebody else. I can be Joan Rivers. <laughs> can we talk? <laughs> I love you. Joan Rivers, and it was funny because I, I, you were on a show, and I happened to tune in that time, and I, you you had lost your voice, or it was real scratchy, and yet when you did the impersonations, they all flowed, and especially, I thought Joan Rivers actually sounded more like Joan Rivers with a little bit of that in there. <laughs> uh, we miss Joan, don't we? Oh my goodness. It was one of the best. 
You know, one thing, Louise, you seem like you've developed a style where I know I've seen a lot of impersonators, but you can go switch back and forth quickly and so forth, and it kind of gives it a different feel. It's like all of a sudden I feel like, wow, I'm in the room with all these people. Uh, <laughs> is that something that just comes to you? Is that the way you normally talk, or is it something you've developed over time? Well, you know, it's interesting. I wanted to have a point of difference, so instead of doing impression for a long period of time, I decided one day just to see how many impressions I could do at once. And it was really from my voiceover days. Uh, I was... I remember Lenny Weinrib, who played... Score, you've hired him uh, for... Yeah, it was a Saturday morning character uh, for... I'm, I'm, I'm hankering for a hunk of cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was one of those little characters, yeah. Well, Lenny was great, and, and I was wanting to get into voiceover work, and he says, well, I tell you what, he said, why don't you put down some voices, you know, on a, on a tape, and I'll give it to my voiceover agent. So I went home and, and I just created like a party atmosphere and a background of tinkling of glasses and music in the background. And I just started doing one celebrity after another. And I think I had like 45 of them. And <laughs> the next day I gave him the tape and uh, he said, well, did you do a couple on there? And I said, well, I think there's like 40, 45, uh, most, you know, celebrity impressions and some other original characters. And and so he sent it to his agent, and they signed me right away. And I thought, okay, well, maybe maybe I should do that in my live act. And that's what I did. I what I I actually had them stuck in an elevator, and it was based on a real story. I was in, I was doing a gig, and I was with my manager, and I can't remember what country it was in. It was a foreign country, and we were stuck in an elevator. We got stuck, and I have claustrophobia, terrible. And so I said to Howie, my manager, I said, Howie, and there was another woman in the elevator, I said, excuse me, I said, but I've got to take my mind somewhere else, so I'm going to just start becoming other people so I could get my mind off of where I was. And so that was kind of how the elevator started. And so I put that in my act where I had like 25 celebrities get locked in an elevator and Popeye eventually gets them out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now how do you introduce new voices then because if you got kind of the shtick going on where people hear it all of a sudden you bring somebody new and is is that part of the act or do they just magically appear well a lot of times i stick them in the elevator to test them (laughs) it's a great place to put them you know and if they work well then i might extend them and then i take them out and put more do more of a bit with them alone but i always test them in my elevator do people have particular favorites? Do people ask, oh, go, go to this one, go to that one, you know, because uh, I, I can just see how you do these things. And some of them, they were so impressive. It's like, well, I want to hear more about that because it was like really spot on. Well, you know, everyone loved Joan. And, of course, now, I mean, I don't really even do my act anymore because most of the people I do are in heaven. So it would have to be, you know, alive or dead from heaven. <laughs> so I, uh, so Joan was one of the favorites, but but before that, it was always George Burns because you know it was. I think it was kind of a, it was different to see, you know, a woman all of a sudden putting on glasses and grabbing a cigar and then doing George Burns. You know, so that was something that I I always did, and one of the great thrills of my life was I was. Working with, years ago, with Donna Summer, was her opening act, and George Burns's uh, manager was in the audience. At, it was at Caesars in Vegas, and 
and uh, he came to my dressing room afterwards, and, and at that time I did George Burns and Gracie. Right. Gracie had passed away, but George was still alive at that time, and he said, you know, I really loved you, George Burns, and I, I love that you did Gracie. And he said, would you like to meet George when you get back to L.A.? And I said, oh, my gosh, I would love to. So so when I got back to L.A., made, you know, I got to see him in his office. I walked in, and there was George sitting on a director's chair, and he's smoking a cigar, and he says, I hear you do make it out. Let me hear y'all. So I started, so I started doing George. I was doing George Burns. And then he said to me, do Gracie for me. Oh, and so I started doing Gracie for him. <laughs> and I, I just loved doing it in front of George. And then I got so choked up because I realized here I was doing his beloved Gracie in front of him. And I just started to tear up a little bit. And he just, he stopped me. He said, you're a terrific kid. Have a cigar. <laughs> and he gave me one of his cigars. More with the couple behind the Godwings franchise, Luis Duarte and Squire Rushnell, in just a moment. When you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas. But by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible. Really unique Las Vegas experience. So you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. Call 800-923-8625. That's 800-923-8625. Boy, man, I had a rough night's sleep. Boy, I got a letter from the IRS yesterday and I I just couldn't sleep. Man, I'm dying here. Somebody help me. IRS problems affect more than just your finances. If you're ready to take back control of your life and you owe more than $10,000, you need to call the tax doctor. Their expert staff can immediately protect you from the IRS and state collectors and get you the best possible tax settlement guaranteed. The IRS has recently released new programs geared in helping struggling taxpayers, where you may qualify to settle your tax debt and wipe out up to 85% or more of what you currently owe. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call the tax doctor right now. See if you qualify to pay less. Call 800-511-6983. That's 800-511-6983. Again, 800-511-6983. That's 800-511-6983.
Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Luis Duarte and Squire Rushnell, who are the creators of Godwinks, responsible for successful books and movies. Well, let's yeah. switch over to uh, Squire and the world of Schoolhouse Rock. I don't know anybody who didn't remember growing up and seeing those things. My wife still sings those songs, which is amazing to me. She actually loves it. She was so excited you were going to be on. I was like, well, this is one of the guys. Uh, how did that ever come to be and so forth? And, and were you surprised with just how much of an icon it became? I had no idea that it would ever become that kind of an icon. And the story is actually only written uh, once. I wrote it in a, in a book uh, we did uh, called The Godwink Effect. Um, it was about two or three books ago. But what happened is, is that I was uh, vice president of children's television at ABC, and I came into the job following a guy by the name of Michael Eisner. Mm-hmm. And Eisner uh, was going off to uh, ABC primetime, and then, of course, he ended up at Disney, the chairman of Disney, after a few other things in between. But uh, anyway, the, the idea of uh, Schoolhouse Rock didn't start uh, right at the beginning. It started with multiplication rock, and that was because the head of the agency that was representing ABC Children's and Daytime Programming, which Michael Eisner was running, the head of that agency had a problem with uh, his kid understanding the multiplication table. So he was doing a, you know, reviewing the advertising for the network and so forth, and at the end of the meeting, he said to Michael, have you ever thought of doing little short three-minute programs that would, uh, you know, teach kids the multiplication table? And then so they had a little song that they whipped up called Three is a Magic Number, and they started <laughs> singing it right there. And, and, uh, and so Michael uh, gave him an order, and, uh, and that started Multiplication Rock. About a year and a half later, I came in and... Uh, and Multiplication Rock was a big success. These two guys who were now working at the uh, um, at the agency and producing that series, they were a little bit nervous because there was a new guy in charge of children's television. What if he doesn't like our programming? You know, what if he deep six it? What if he thinks, oh, I'm only going to do things that I invented? You know, all those things. Right. Anyway, they came into uh, the meeting and... Um, and they they said, you know, we we'd really like to do some additional programs, you know, about uh, you know parts of speech, uh, on history, uh, on science, and so forth. And um, and so they're pitching their hearts out. And I'm already thinking, well, what are we going to call it? You can't call it Multiplication Rock anymore. And so when they pitched, when they finished their pitch, I said, well, we got to figure out what we call it. I said. What about Schoolhouse Rock? And they wrote that down, and that's how that happened. And uh, and it was just it was just kind of an offhand remark that actually was bridged from the fact that uh, their company was called Scholastic Rock, mm-hmm. and they uh, or the Scholastic Productions, and uh, and so that's how Schoolhouse Rock started. But nobody ever knew that forty years later, now fifty years later. Uh, whole uh, segments of the population can sing every single one of them. And <laughs> teachers have kept it alive. Parents have kept it alive. So that when, when we talk to younger kids today, we're always amazed 
most of them know what Schoolhouse Rock is. Well, yeah, they had an actual play out, and my wife and I took uh, our kids. And what the funny part was, the kids were looking at my wife strange because she could sing all the songs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those things that kind of works. And yet, when you heard it as a concept, you start thinking, well, God, rock and schoolwork, they just kind of seem to be natural enemies. And yet, it really worked. And like you say, people still remember those tunes uh, in 30, 40, 50 years from ago. You know, yeah. you know there was a uh, there was a uh, Louise and I were doing a speaking engagement together uh, at the Alamo Dome, forty thousand uh, seat theater, uh, and it was called Women of Faith. And so, when when you're a speaker and you have an all women audience, that's like walking in heaven. I'm sure. I I, I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but I bet it's like having forty thousand women uh, cheering you on and laughing at your jokes, men. Always laugh inside. Women laugh outside. <laughs> yeah, they have fun with it. <laughs> so, so before I went, I, and and I was doing inspirational stories, Godwink stories, and Louise was doing her comedy bits, and we were going to move in and out, uh, wending them all together, inspiration and comedy. So, just before I went out, she said, "Why don't you tell them that you were the father, one of the fathers of Schoolhouse Rock?" I said, "Honey, that was thirty-five years ago. They wouldn't remember that." And uh, she said, well, why don't you try it? I bet they would. So I went on stage and said, first of all, I have to establish if any of my people are here from ABC, if you can finish this song, I'll know you're my people. And I sang, conjunction, junction. <laughs> yeah, 3,000 women blasted me off stage with, what's your function? <laughs> More with Luis Duarte and Squire Rushnell in just a moment. When you think of boxing championships, you often think of Las Vegas. Why? We asked your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Well, it's still a big deal. It still can kind of overwhelm the conversation. You get everybody gets whipped up into a frenzy. It's fantastic for Vegas for a number of reasons because it is a high profile international event. Room rates go through the ceiling, occupancy goes through the ceiling, casino revenue goes up, every taxi, Uber, Lyft, you know, everybody's busy, everybody's happy. It doesn't happen every day. It could happen, you know, twice a year, but when it happens, it it shows off Vegas in its best light. There's an influx of people just interested in the city, and the boxing experience only lasts a couple hours, but before and after and the day after and, the, and you know, several days later, people are still here and they're still having fun and they're checking out all the other things to do. It's not the only show in Vegas. It's the one I appreciate the least <laughs> because it's a sport. But I figure if those folks are here, come check out a Cirque show, come check out a comedy show, go, go into the casino, go, you know, bowling, whatever, whatever you want to do, you can do it in Vegas. What I don't get about that, though, is, and you're right, the, the rates go through the roof, and all these people come in. You know, there's only 18,000 of them that are going to be at the fight. What are all these people coming just to be here? Yes, it, it's absolutely that that FOMO. All the kids talk about it, right? FOMO, fear of missing out. It's you want to be a part of the party. You want to, you, uh, even if you're not going to the event, there's viewing parties, there's just parties in general, there's after parties, there's ancillary excitement, and you, you just feel like you, 
it, it, you know, like if you're going to do the Super Bowl, if you can't be the Super Bowl, go to Vegas. You're going to be in a sports book. Everybody's excited. Everybody's got money on the game. When people have money on the game, they're 10 times more excited. Win or lose, you're, gonna, you're just going to have a different kind of time if you do it in the context of being in Las Vegas. Thanks, Scott. Remember to visit VitalVegas.com every day. There is no better way to know Vegas than to follow Vital Vegas. Listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchi nationwide on the Talk Media Network. I'm Bobby Brooks Wilson, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps. We are talking with actress, comedian, and impersonator Louise Duarte and her husband, Squire Rushnell, former television executive known primarily for the great Schoolhouse Rock franchise. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. Conjunction, junction, how's that function? I got three favorite So uh, that, that began a, an awakening for me about the power of short, yeah. meaningful, musical uh, uh, programming. And also and, you got a call from Washington, D.C. one day. Well, uh, the, uh, when I, uh, yeah, the, it was a lobbying organization, and they wanted to have uh, a copy of the program, and, and I realized that as I looked into it, that it was the most requested program. Uh, I'm just a bill yeah. on Capitol Hill. <laughs> and, uh, and, and what they wanted to do was to get a copy of this so that they could, they could play it for all their employees and teach them how a bill goes through Congress. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, hey, what a great choice, too. Jack Sheldon, who was, oh, who was really great. great. Yeah, <laughs> so great. So great, yeah, yeah. So it was it was a it was a really a wonderful experience mm-hmm. to be involved with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Schoolhouse Rock and uh, some wonderful people were there. Bob DeRoe, who was the jazz musician, uh, who actually wrote uh, "I'm Just a Bill," but he's the one who wrote all of the uh, uh, multiplication tables, like Naughty Number Nine, uh, <laughs> uh, Naughty Number, you know, Number th- Magic Number Three, and and all those kinds of things. He also wrote. Conjunction, junction. Oh, wow. But you know what's even bigger than that is this whole Godwinks thing. And I remember hearing a homily from a priest, and one of the things the priest talked about was the idea of coincidence. And it's like, he goes, wouldn't it be sad if we didn't think of God when we think of these things? You know, that should be the first place. And lo and behold, I hear about this Godwinks thing. What an incredible idea. Kind of share, share to us how you came up with that, and then the combination of the two of you working with you, putting the comedy in there. You know, people a lot of times don't think of comedy with uh, religion, and mm-hmm. I, I think in a way it's one of the most effective things uh, there is, and I, we certainly hope there's laughter in heaven. We certainly expect it. Right. Yeah. Well, there are 12 books, and uh, Louise has co-authored uh, six of those, and uh, the first book, When God Winks, uh, was over 20 years ago, and um, and so I, 
my my literary agent said, well, what is a coincidence? And I said, I don't know. I, I, I'm just a, I'm just a TV guy. I, I'm a Schoolhouse Rock guy. I ran Good Morning America. I, I don't know what a coincidence is. Well, she said, if you're going to lead people with a book, you have to figure out what it is. So Louise and I wrestled with that question as to what is a coincidence uh, for about six months. And finally, uh, the little word Godwink floated into my mind, and I thought, gee, that's kind of fun. That doesn't sound very uh, threatening. And, uh, and we stuck it into the manuscript, and, uh, and it flowed very easily. It replaced coincidence very well, and, um, and, and it slipped right into the language. But here's the thing. In the beginning, I was thinking that coincidence and Godwinks were basically the same. But if you look up coincidence in the dictionary, it will tell you that it's a convergence of two remarkable events without causal connection. Right. Now, that is a very nice uh, definition of a word that scientists would use. But if you're talking about what we're talking about, there is a causal connection. And that causal connection of that experience is divine. It comes from God. And so that is the distinction between a coincidence and a Godwink. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew language, they don't even have the word coincidence. They figure they don't need it. If everything comes from God, what do you need the word coincidence for? Right. So that word has now evolved, and, um, and it, it, we just love the fact that it is when people learn the word, they start seeing their Godwinks. Mm -hmm. and, and once they develop the eyes to see their Godwinks, they realize that they are never alone. And they start looking for their Godwinks. And they start realizing that God is communicating with them all the time. It's like a long-distance call from heaven out of 8 billion people on the planet just for you. In working with all the organized religions and so forth, did you find that people were really happy to hear this? Because I'm thinking sometimes it's hard to explain it, and the way you're doing it here is simple, and yet it's something that everybody can identify with. We've all had those moments. And Well, you know, we're all on this grand GPS, God's positioning system. And so he sees us, you know, there's a wonderful scripture that says, in all your ways acknowledge me and I will direct your steps. So what he does is... He when and there's a great there's a great quote from Sir William Temple back in what the 15th century or something like that Squire yeah, was it uh, 1650 and, oh 16 and he said when I pray coincidences happen when I don't they don't well you could just substitute that with Godwinks when I pray Godwinks happen and it is true the more you pray the more Godwinks you see because. Because, again, you're acknowledging God, and the more you acknowledge Him, the more He's going to acknowledge you. And He unfolds these wonderful uh, little, they'll call them serendipitous or coincidence, and, of course, we call them Godwinks. And Godwinks is one of those friendly words. It's like if you were sitting at the big table with someone you love, like Grandma or Mom or Dad, and they gave you a little wink. You know, you didn't ask what that meant. You knew it meant, hey, kid, I'm thinking of you right now. You know, and that's what a Godwink is. It's just... God letting us know that he loves us, he's thinking about us, and, you know, we're the apple of his eye. Well, you know, Stephen, um, to, to your point about uh, what the churches might think, what the pastors might think, 
20 years ago, I was worried to death about that because I'm thinking, hey, I'm just the schoolhouse rock guy for crying out loud. What am I doing? What authority do I have to, you know, come up with a word that describes something about religion that I'm absolutely... I'm mainly ignorant about when you put it into the grand context of what most pastors know. But what has thrilled me more than anything else has been the receptivity of pastors to that word. Every pastor that we've encountered, from Pat Robertson to Joel Osteen to Robert Morris, they all have said, boy." That, you know, you, 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 you got a name for it. You, 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 you now are, are making a connection for people. But, you know, the best compliment we had was from a pastor uh, in West Covina, a church called Faith Community, Jim Reeve. We were having uh, lunch with him and his wife, Marguerite, one day, and he was all excited about where we were going. That we we're just about go to the, about to start the Hallmark movies, the Godwing movies on Hallmark, and uh, and he said, "Gosh, you know what I love about you two guys is that they say, you're so shallow." <laughs> and he said, "No, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't mean it that way." He says, "What I mean is, you two are bringing people into the shallow end of the pool." Yeah. And leaving it to us pastors to take them to the deep end. We'll be back in a moment with more from Luis Stewart and Squire Rushnell of Godwinks. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Talk Media Network. Are you being audited and do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The tax doctor is here to help you negotiate a lower tax bill. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. The tax doctor will fight for you using industry secrets that can stop any IRS actions, eliminate penalties and interest, and reduce your past tax bill so you pay the IRS less. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call the tax doctor now for a free IRS audit emergency review. Call 800-515-4956. That's 800-515-4956. Again, 800-515-4956. That's 800-515-4956. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today and learn about the latest CGM technology. A CGM can immediately reduce pain. It's accurate, easy to use, and helps you make better diabetes treatment decisions. And if you have Medicare, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Plus, get free shipping and we'll bill your insurance company for you. Call now to receive your new continuous glucose monitor at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Paid for by U.S. Medical Supply. Call 800-273-2295. That's 800-273-2295. Again, 800-273-2295. That's 800-273-2295.
You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps. You are listening to Luis Duarte and Squire Rushnell, creators of Godwinks. Well, and starting points are great. You know, you talk about getting Godwinks. Uh, certainly, this whole concept it seems like it's had a lot of Godwinks. I mean, all of a sudden, it's showing up in dictionaries. People are talking about it. Like you mentioned, Hallmark did movies on it. When this first popped up, you probably didn't think this was going to end up being like this, I wouldn't think. No, the the movies, it was so fascinating how the how the movies came about. Matter of fact, we, we have a, a movie that's, I, we, can we say who it's with, Squire, the new movie? No, we no, can't we yet. Can't, okay, but we, we will in a, probably a few days. Yeah, <laughs> but right. anyway, um, uh, well, there was a, a partner of ours who's working on the Godwink films with us. And he was at another uh, network, mm-hmm. and he was pitching some of his other movies. And they were saying, eh, do you have a anything streaming else? streaming network. Yeah, streaming network. Mm-hmm. And he was... Large one. Yeah, large one. <laughs> <laughs> so he was I, search with an N? Yeah, I think I know what yeah. you're talking about. So he was pitching all these movies, and um, we had just been turned down by Hallmark when we pitched a dog movie. And we thought for sure they were going to go for this dog movie. And they turned it down because the dog at the beginning of the movie is in jeopardy. They were about to put the dog down. And so at that time, Bill Abbott, who was the CEO of Hallmark, he loves dogs so much. And he never likes to see dogs in jeopardy. So he turned it down. So we were very disappointed because it was a great Hallmark movie. So now our friend and partner, he's there, he's pitching like crazy, pitching his little heart out, and they said, nah, nah, nah. So he gets up to leave and he says, listen, I have one more story, and he tells this incredible dog wink story, and the network says, we love it. (laughs) So that's a movie that's going to be done very soon. We start that actually on June 1st, and uh, and the book from which that story comes <coughs> is called Dog Winks. <laughs> Two Godwink stories of dogs. Mm-hmm. And every story in the book has a dog right at the center of it, yeah. but they're Godwink stories. Yeah. So when we go back to our pastor in West Covina, we'll say, we're so shallow now, we're on the beach still with dogs. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't even have our toe in the water with dog wings. Yeah, but, it, but it's a wonderful, wonderful movie, an incredible God-wing, dog-wing story. So we're just, you know, we're, we're thrilled with that one. But, but Hallmark has always been so good to us. You know, they, they love the concept, and... People, uh, you know, this is our third, I think a third Hallmark movie we, that we, we did. did our third, yeah. So, and they do very well on the ratings. And I think one of the reasons why people love them so much is that they're true stories. So at the end of every Godwin Christmas story, you'll see the real people and kind of where are they now. And it just gives people hope to know, wow, if that Godwin happened for them, it can, can happen for me. So, yeah. Well, I think people really do get a lot of inspiration from it. The, the books, the, everything that's been involved with it have been such a great gift to people, not to mention your careers, both. <laughs> people just smile whenever they talk about any of this stuff. So I want to let people know before we leave here how they can uh, get a hold of you guys because I know you, you do speak all over the place and so forth. you got books coming out. What's the best way for us to follow you? you know, the best thing to do uh, is godwinks.com. 
and uh, godwinks.com is our main site, and uh, so we uh, will be refreshing it even more than we have been in the past, uh, and we're just going into a new phase with that to keep everybody up to date on uh, the movies that we got going and the announcements in the book and so on and so forth. And, and actually, tomorrow, uh, Squire, you're going to start Dog Wink Wednesdays. Yes. And you're gonna you have the story of what the movie's going to be. Yeah, it's a great Dog and, Wink story. And so what we're going to be able to do, uh, and Dog Wink Wednesdays will air on Facebook, uh, Facebook, and on God Winkers. And so those are two sites on Facebook. God Winkers is a private group, and Louise uh, uh, runs that, and uh, I run the the God Winks, uh, which. Uh, is a little different, you know. The um, I think God Winkers is more personal and prayerful. spiritual. Yeah, mm-hmm. it started yeah. out to get God Wink stories, but God had another idea for it. We got some <laughs> stories, but matter of fact, this the movie that we're doing, the Dog Wink movie, was given to us by a God Winker, someone yeah. who said you had to check this. This uh, I saw this this story in the Providence local, you know, newspaper, and we followed up, and that's how we, we got the story. But but God Winkers is really a page where it, it's we pray for one another. So people will post their prayer requests, and and there's almost 11,000 people on there. Squire's God Wink page has over 300,000, and that's a little more lighthearted, and they tell stories. And, and, it's, and it's more story-based. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Every week we're going to do a different Godwink story, encourage people to send us their Godwink stories, and Dogwinks and Godwinks. Uh, and remember, uh, a Dogwink is simply a Godwink story with the dog in the center of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll be doing that right up until May, the launch of the book, Dogwinks. And actually, here's a secret. You can actually go on that site, uh, godwinks.com, and you can get access to the Audible book right now. If you go to godwinks.com and then look for Dogwinks Audible or Dogwink Audiobook, you can actually get access to that right now. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I know you guys are having a blast. I've heard from people that, wow, they do some great stuff on Facebook, so there's fun groups. Thank you so much, Louise. Squire, it's been a pleasure, and we hope to hear from you uh, some more. Let's let's have you come on again, maybe later in the year, and find out where we're at. Okay? Oh, we love it. Love it. Love it thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. So you think you might have found that special house, but how do you separate yourself from other buyers besides simply offering more money? We asked our Vegas realtor, Katie Madrano of Flipping Vegas. I have heard that when you get into these bidding wars and this type of thing, sometimes it helps to actually write a letter to the person you're, you know, that's selling the house and how much you love it and how much you want to do all this great stuff to it. Is there truth to that or is that just a ridiculous, uh, and I mean, ultimately money talks, but, you know. Hey, in a, in a in a market that's that competitive, you you bring out all the stops like you do, and I, I I won't even tell you some of the you know kind of negotiation tactics. Cause I don't want to give them away, but you you can get aggressive. Absolutely, I've seen situations like that, or a situation where this is not what I recommend uh, to sellers. Uh, 
well, it depends, but it's, every situation's different. So there are times where I've had a one-on-one conversation with the seller directly because they showed the property. They, the, they're the ones that allowed me access. So, or the buyer will, or, you know, but you still have to keep it within the confines of ethical behavior. You can't negotiate. You can't, there's certain things that you can't do, but you can also impress it. You can express your enthusiasm and you can, you know, build rapport. That's, that's never a bad thing. So you have to, keep it within the confines of, again, ethical behavior. But really, if, if, if my client lo- loves a property, I'm pulling out all stops. I'm, I'm doing whatever I can as it relates to the agent, as it relates to just the offer itself. What, there are certain things you can do to strengthen an offer. Um, that's why a lender is important. Uh, oftentimes I'll do, you know, when we're competing with cash offers, I have a lender that can close in less than 20 days. So I'm like, hey, you can still do a quicker close and stuff like that will strengthen the offer. Just, you know, so another week from a cash offer and you're getting X amount more, this offsets. So, you know what I mean? So you can break it down for them. So there are certain things that you can do to to really strengthen an offer and make sure that you don't lose it. Thanks, Gady. If you're looking to buy or sell in Vegas, contact Gady at GadyRealEstate.com. And please follow shows on our social media platforms, which include Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening today. This is Stephen Manchie reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Vegas, here we go! Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare... What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it, flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? Low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airlines travel it's that easy so call now and start packing call right now 800-267-1806 800-267-1806 800-267-1806 that's 800-267-1806